Hello, fellow idiots. This is Nick the Idiot. Welcome to the second episode of the Endless series on adoption. I'm going to put a cap on it. I'm not going to say what the last episode on adoption will be because when does adoption end? <laughs> Never. Apparently, so it has been explained to me. So, um, Jason and I, when we when we met each other, we fell really hard for each other really quickly. We, to quote an obscure. 90s reference, we were smitten. We were in deep smit. And so very quickly, uh, first or second date, we were already talking about future plans. And one of them was adoption. And we both knew that we always wanted adoption to be a part of our, our lives. If it, Whatever, you know, at the time it was whoever I do marry, even alongside biological children, we know adoption wanted to be a part of both of our lives. So we, when we moved to China, we lived there for two years as teachers in an international school. We assumed, well, this is probably when it'll happen. We know we want it to happen. And everybody adopts from China at the time. So we, oh, this will be it. And it didn't happen. Then we moved back to America. She started pre-med and we thought, oh, well, this will be it. You know, we, we started the process of beginning foster care with the idea of fostering into adoption. And that didn't happen. God shut that door. Uh, things did, just didn't work out. And then she got accepted to a med school in the Caribbean, and we moved to the Caribbean, where we assumed, well, this is not the place because we're in med school and you're hemorrhaging money. And med, the beginnings, the, the foothills of med school is not where you begin adopting a child. Uh, and especially in an island you're unfamiliar with. Well, about two months into med school on the island, separately, but at the same time, Jason and I, in our separate pair of times, started to feel like adoption should begin somehow. And I remember I was talking to each other and be like, can you believe, I think, I think we're both, I think we're both feeling this, right? And she's like, yeah, I, th I think so too. So we met with the welfare department and uh, a social worker and just said, hi, you know, we're, we're, we're here for two years and we're interested in adoption. Um, how should we proceed? And the social worker, a wonderful woman was just like, well, do you have a child in mind? And we were like what? <laughs> because that's not the way we were, we assumed it would be. That's not the way it works here. And basically the, they don't have adoption agencies. They didn't at the time, they didn't have any, there was no structure in place for that. So you had to find a, a situation that warranted, that was drastic enough that warranted children, you know, being taken from the home if they were in danger. And I had made friends locally, so all we did at the time, we just, I told my local friends, hey, we are interested in adopting. We're here for two years. If you know of any situations, please tell me. And then nothing. And we, we just kind of went about life. We waited and waited and waited. Um, and and to, to my wife's credit, I want to give my wife more credit then I was just recently telling her, it kind of struck me how much credit she deserves for this. She, she has a better faith life than me. She is closer to God than me. She hears from her, him more than me. Uh, so she somehow knew in her soul that this was going to happen. And I'm like, I'm open to it, but I don't see it happening. At the end of um, her first year of med school, she was like, we need to move to out of this little apartment that we were in. We need to move to more like a home. And I was like, well, but why? We don't, have, there's no reason. You know, the rent jumps a whole bunch. She's like, well, if the adoption's going to happen, then we need to be in a bigger home. And I'm like, well, we have, we, what adoption? We know nothing. There was no word. She said, well, we should just do it. So we moved into this home. And this is just to her credit because, you know, I had put the word out in basically what was the end of September, maybe early October of 2011. And here we're in 2012 in mid-May, and we need to renew apartment 
um, contracts and she's wanting us to move. I was like, all right, whatever. I, as long as I can come with you, I guess that's fine. That's like my motto for Jason and I. As long as I can come with you, it's no big deal. So we rent this house uh, in mid-May or towards the end of May. And uh, on basically what ended up being June 12th, I walked into a little local coffee shack. This woman named Dee, she would make coffee for the med students. I walked in the door. I hadn't been in there in weeks. I walked in. She said, where have you been? I have kids for you. And I was like, oh, what? That, what, that, sounds, that sounds very sketchy. <laughs> I'm in. Where are they? So uh, two days later, June 14th, we get in a little taxi and we drive up into the mountains and to a little town called Calabishi. We come around the corner and we meet who ended up being our son, Davey. And we saw him for the first time. And it was... It was we, I mean, it's happening. You don't really believe it's happening. You're just like, oh, this is, this is an option. This is a kid. Um, and what, what basically what we found was um, when, when it was the right time all along through our life, it was not the right time. But as soon as it was not the right time, God was like, okay, now is the time. Now is when I'm opening this door. And I remember thinking, like, this is, this is not, I can't believe that this is happening now. I mean, we would, we'll take a step through the next door, through the next step, through all the important um, meetings. You know, we had always said we wanted to adopt siblings who were older because that's the demographic that doesn't get adopted as much. Um, it, it would be the one that would be most neglected is siblings who are older. And so we, that's what we wanted to do from the beginning, from that first conversation. And here we meet this 13-month-old boy and in in our just in our humanity, we were like, well, but this doesn't. I remember us talking like this doesn't seem like we had what we had always said that we wanted to do. But you know, and we're not going to say no if this is the door God has opened. So we set the appointment to meet with the social worker that we had met before, and this mom and the young boy. Uh, and so we set up a taxi to pick her up and bring her down with the boy with Davy. And she pulls up, and we go to get in. The van door slides open. And there's another kid. And we're like, wait, who's this? And um, she's like, this is my son. I'm like, what? And so come to find she had two other kids. She had a daughter and a son. And we're like, like it's, it's so weird. There was like a haze. You know, we got into the van and we're looking at each other going, what, you know, what is happening? I, this, this can't be. And, it, you know, they just had, didn't happen to be there at the time when we first met Davey. And so we, we, all the way, you know, this windy hour long drive down to the Capitol, we just couldn't believe that this might even be real, that this could be what it looks like. And, and so all that to say, uh, it happened very quickly. I put the word out and then seven months later, seven months of silence of just like, no, I guess that's not it. And then I have kids and then we're in meetings and there are more of them and there are three and it all happened in such a rush. We met Davey on June 14th, 2012. He moved in with us on, on September 14th, 2012. And the adoption was completed for him and his brother on December 14th, 2012. Six months to the day. Uh, actually on my patron saint, St. John of the Cross, on his feast day, the adoption was complete. And we waited seven months with zero word. And I want to pause for a second and say, just so you know, if you think, if you take a second and think about adoption, adoption is not the best option. It's not even meant to rhyme, but it is, it is not the best outcome. 
Adoption exists because of the brokenness in humanity, broken families, broken hearts, uh, broken minds and wills. Things are broken and fractured. Um, and we, we sat down multiple times with the birth mom, a wonderful woman who, who has had an a, a, a intense uphill struggle in life. I even wrote an article about her called Two Teresas. Um, her name is Teresa, dealing with, uh, comparing her and Mother Teresa. She had had a very rough lot in life. And we sat down multiple times and, and made it clear, listen, if you would like us to help you with your life and get your life straight, you could, you could just keep your children. You could live that life with them. And for, for many reasons, and this is not the place for it, the public square is not the place for airing certain things. But that, that wasn't um, a desired option. It wasn't what was going to happen. Um, and so we then were faced with, like I always say, we were married for 10 years, 10 and a half years without kids. And then one Friday we just had kids. They were just there. And God placed them in our, in our laps. And for you listening, I know that it's daunting. Adoption is terrifyingly daunting. It is, it, it is, like I said, first of all, it is unnatural. It is not normal. It is not natural for a family to be broken, for a child to be without its parents. It's not. But that is the state of affairs. And those of us who can and are led to it, are called to the amazing and, and I, I just mind-boggling opportunity to adopt children. And I want to encourage you listening. Basically, what it boils down to is this. On one hand, you have the cares of the world. You have the worries of the world, and they're, all, they're actual. They're real. They're valid. Uh, you do have bills. You do have a, a limited income. You do have your state of, in life. You do have the situation you are currently in. You have all these extremities. You have, right now, we have endless. We have COVID. We have a terrifying election coming up. <laughs> but that's for a different podcast. We have so much going on right now. And they're all real. So I'm going to put them over on the left here. They're all real. And, and you do need, you can't just push them aside and ignore them. They have to be taken into account because they will be reckoned with. They, they, they amount to a huge wave and they, they need to be identified and processed and taken care of. Absolutely. And there is also the will of God. There is. There's just flat out the will of God. And so what I always say is this. Uh, when I was in um, Bible college, I had to take, uh, in my, I think it was freshman year, I had to take an intro to missions class. Uh, I never wanted to be a missionary a day in my life. It was never, not once, was it on my radar ever? I saw plenty of missionaries come to church and speak. I thought they were awesome. They were cool. They were inspiring. But that's not for me. I did not want to be that. And my uh, Doug Lowenberg was the professor. And he was pacing. I can't pace because of the microphone. But he would just back and forth. And he would. He had just an amazing, like, vibrant way about him. And he was teaching. And one day in the middle of class, he stopped. And he said, I want everybody right now, everybody, close your eyes. Just put your head down and close your eyes. And for 60 seconds, I want you to talk with God on whether you would maybe, kind of, possibly, hypothetically ever be willing in the future if God maybe, kind of, possibly asked you to be a missionary 
would you do it? That's it. Just, just have 60 seconds with him. And then we'll start up again. And then he said, go. And he was looking at his watch. And I remember I closed my eyes. And for about 45 seconds, I was like, just, I mean, like not even approaching the issue in prayer. And then about 45 seconds in, God was like, listen, you got 15 seconds left. You're going to talk to me about this. And I was like, I don't know why I would. But this is not, I mean, why talk about something that's never going to happen? And it's weird what can happen in 15 seconds and can dictate your life. Because in that 15 seconds, I had a moment where I was like, okay. And I did. I, internally, I just said, okay, all right. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. We're going to do this? Okay. If you ever hypothetically, theoretically, possibly, maybe, kind of, in the future, ever maybe kind of asked me if I would be a missionary, if I knew you were asking me, then I would say yes. And it was about that time that 60 Seconds was up and Doug Lohenberg was like, all right, we're back to class. And he was just walking around. And that was it. And that was freshman year and it, nothing, nothing about missionary work ever after that. But I had made the agreement with God if he said, if he asked me to, then I would. And then uh, in February, February 17th of 1999, uh, I walked into a room and I met um, Jacelyn Dale at the time. And I saw her across the crowded room. And I, it was never the same after that. And very, it was the first date. She made it very clear that God had, she has known since she was 10, she wanted to be a missionary. And so I have known and since I met her that I wanted to be a missionary. And so all I'm saying is I want you now, when this video is done, I would like you, if you have the time, just to, just to shut the world out and for 60 seconds, just ask God if he maybe, kinda, possibly, theoretically, in the future, sorta asked you to adopt a child. Would you do it? Now pause. Everything else you're worried about is still valid. The bills are real. Money is real. Social concerns are real. COVID is real. Family struggles, it's all real. It's still there and it doesn't go away. But you do have to put it in its right place. And the right place is only after you have asked God, well, do you want me to do it though? I mean, I have this mountain of things I'm concerned about, but do you want me to do it? And to be honest, you could spend your entire life worried about this pile of things. And you might never get to what you were supposed to do. But I can guarantee you, I, I, my life, I, I call myself Nick the Idiot, and it's not just to be funny. I'm just an idiot. And I can show you with my own life how if you take this first step, if you first say, yeah, but do you want me to do it? I mean, think about Peter in the boat. You know, they're in the middle of a tossing sea. And a dude is walking, however that works. The God-man is walking on the water, defying all physics, and buoyancy, whatever the physics is. I'm an idiot. And this Jesus out on the water says, hey, dude, come out here. And Peter doesn't say, well, but, okay, listen, if I do, how's it going to work? 
I mean, I, I trust you, but how's it going to work if I step out of the boat? I, I mean, what are you going to do? Are fish going to come up and like swim under my footsies? Are they going to like, what's going to, what's going to happen? I know you're going to do it, but how are you going to do it? And that never ends up being what he answers. He just wants you to answer or ask him the question first. Do you want me to do it? And there's plenty more coming in other episodes about adoption. There's so much in this crammed time that we experience. So much, so many times that I found myself going, oh, that's what God the Father means. Like, oh, oh, I get, oh, that's what trust is. There's so many times I've had to tell my kids, just like, just trust me. Just, you just ask and trust me. So when I'm done with the video now, the only thing you have to, I want, I would ask that you do this time is wherever you are, push stop, ask everybody to leave you alone for 60 seconds, set a timer on your phone, swipe up. There's a little clock button, push that, set it for one minute. And then in that minute, don't waste it. Just between you and God alone, just say, do you want me to? And if you do want me to, I will. Now, there's two things. One, God might say, uh, I, I, thanks for the, like, that's what I felt like when I was praying about the missionary work. I felt like I was like, deal. And we just shook, like, we shook on it. And then we'll, we'll revisit this later. Just put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. And then, so God might do that. He might be like, oh, thanks. I'm glad we have that openness now. It's, I'm glad to know that I could ask you to do this and you would. And that might be it. It might just be that willingness to be open because that's trust. That's abandoned. But he also might just say, okay, I got a kid waiting for you. Remember this conversation. Either way, if you do the first things first, if you put everything in its right place, if you go to God first and just say, hey, do you want me to adopt? Because if you ever actually, hypothetically, theoretically, ask me to adopt, I would do it. And I'd let you work out the details. If you do this then all of this works itself out. All of it. Every time constraint, every physical limitation, every financial limitation, everything works. It's, you can ask anybody who has adopted. This is the way it goes. You have to first say yes, and then everything works out. So that's what I encourage you. When we turn this off, take 60 seconds, just you and God, you and the one who loves you most, and face that face that willingness or lack of willingness to be open to him and if you do you will have a good life and i'll see you on the other side